really excited about what God is doing currently in many of our hearts, in many of our lives. And that's why we, we are doing this series is to, to increase our faith levels, to increase our expectation, to, to shift a few mountains on the inside of us so that the mountains in front of us can move. So uh, last week, some really amazing things happened. A few people were powerfully healed, and I, I asked uh, Deline to come, and, to come and share her story of what the Lord did in her last week. Let's give her a hand. Come on. Thank you, Pastor. Morning, church. I'd like to share something this morning with you. About five years ago, I was diagnosed a suicidal disease called trigeminal neuralgia, meaning a nerve on top of my head running down to nerve endings on my right side of my face. The pain was so severe at times, I could not speak, laugh, or smile. I was doctoring with doctors in East London. No one could help me. Last year, I was sent to a doctor in Cape Town, which I was put on strong medication for the pain. Medication would help for a while and then back to the severe pain. My life was miserable, my family being affected as well. I never wanted to be with people because of my problem. But somehow, I never gave up. I grew up in a Christian home and always had faith in Jesus. In my moments of prayer, I would ask Jesus, where are you? I would ask Jesus again, please help me with my pain. I cannot take it anymore. I knew sometime Jesus is going to touch me with his healing hands. But I had to build up my faith in Jesus. Then two weeks ago, I got a call from my precious daughter, Taryn, telling me her church had a service for healing. I replied immediately and said, yes, I would love to attend the service. I just knew at that moment, this is the calling from Jesus. I attended the service and Pastor Andre prayed over me for healing and Jesus to touch me. I had a breakthrough this, this past week. It was awesome. My pain had disappeared. I could speak. I could laugh. I felt a new person. It is so nice to be able to laugh and to smile and be with my loved ones. I give Jesus all the glory. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank Pastor Andre once again for praying over me and giving me the upliftment which has not been part of me for so long. Bless you. And in closing, I just want to say, if anybody needs help, don't quit. 
Jesus is the way to go. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus is wonderful. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus another hand. That's just wonderful. Thank you, Lord. You change lives. You change lives for real. It's just so, so wonderful to hear. I asked this question last week. Why healing? The answer is, I can give you 10, but the main reason because God loves people. Jesus loves people. Jesus loves people. And when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was healing people because he loves people. He was moved by compassion, and then he stretched forth his hand and he healed. And so God wants to touch so many people through you and me. He wants to create an environment here where where lives can be touched. So today, again, at the end of the service, we're going to pray for people. I think Vicky Ellis shared she was playing piano uh, last week in the worship team. She had flu And while she was playing, she couldn't respond on the altar call because she was playing. And the Lord healed her and all the pain disappeared from her ears and her head, etc. Praise God. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand for that. You see, it's important to celebrate what God is doing. That's why we say, yes, let's give Jesus a hand. Let's clap. Let's celebrate. Because as we celebrate, we're stirring our faith and we're giving glory to God. That's another reason why God heals. Why he does miracles. Every miracle is a manifestation of his glory that brings glory to him. So I asked this question last week. Do you want to bring glory to Jesus? Yes, you want. Obviously. So let's pray for people. Let's be equipped so that Jesus can be glorified. So I shared this last week as well. That what I felt God lay on my heart. That if you want to move the mountain in front of you like sickness... You first need to move the mountain on the inside of you. So what, what could those mountains be? What are those things that form our perception about God and about healing? Well, there's a few things. The one thing that can wrongly form our perception is bad theology, bad teaching. So many churches are teaching it wrong. And that really influences us. It can even immunize you to what I'm sharing this morning. Like, no, 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 can't be. Now, people would fight you to the grave sometimes that Jesus doesn't heal anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, we've got 1,200 people physically healed so far. What's that? (laughs) That's Jesus heals. Jesus heals. So the one thing is bad theology. Second thing is a lack of experience. You tried, you prayed for someone, nothing happened. So up, it's probably not for today. So lack of experience. Then the third one, which is a biggie, bad experiences. It wasn't just someone randomly you prayed for. It was a loved one that you prayed for, and maybe they actually died. Maybe they were not healed. Everybody prayed. Everybody prayed. Nothing happened. That nothing happened can lead to bitterness, disillusionment, anger towards God. And even anger towards people like me that say, no, Jesus heals. So it's important to understand that and also to evaluate your heart. What is forming your perception about God and about healing? Bad experience often influences us in a a negative way. So about two years ago, we went went to Argentina. 
and uh, went to a church in Buenos Aires, and we went to this church of 200 to 300 people. And what the, they went through is that the senior pastor, his son, uh, I mean his daughter, in her early 30s, she got cancer. Everybody prayed. Nothing changed. She died. So when we arrived there, this church had no faith. They haven't seen a miracle in 30 years. Although they believed in the fullness of God and they have powerful worship and they love God with all their hearts. But they have seen no miracles. And even worse, they were wondering like, you know, there's these questions when your own daughter dies from cancer. Where was God? Where was Jesus? And so now we arrive, what, seven of us. And uh, the Friday or the first night, we had a leaders meeting, 45 of the leaders. And I come and I preach about healing. I didn't know about these things, but I, what happened in the past, I just, Jesus heals. And at the end of this time of sharing, we said, okay, we're going to pray for people now. And the team that go, went with me, many of them have never prayed for anybody. They never prayed for anybody to be healed. So my team was like, <laughs> okay, now we need to produce the goods. <clears throat> Anyway, so we prayed for people and God moved. We were all shocked. 16 out of the 45 leaders were healed. The senior pastor himself, his knees, his knees were healed. And that church was rocked. The pastor, a month after we left, we spoke over the phone and he told me, nothing is the same since you guys have come. Nothing is the same. So what happened? The lid was removed. The lid, the limitations, the unbelief, the doubts, the fears was removed from that church. And that is my passion. I want to remove the lid. I have a problem with people. They also want to tell people why they can't do something. I'm like, come on, how big is your God? Tell people why they can. Remove the lid. I believe the arms of God are wide open saying this is available for the whosoever. If you trust in me, I'm going to move. It's available for the anybody. We must just step out and pursue. Okay, so we're going to move a few mountains today. Are you ready? So one of the mountains I want to move today is this. After you've prayed for someone and nothing happened, it's obviously a sign that this isn't for you. I want to, that's, that's a, a wrong statement. I want to move that statement away. You prayed for someone Nothing happened, and obviously then that's a sign that this isn't for you. you. You don't have it. You don't have the gift. Healing ministry is not for you. Move on to knitting. <laughs> no offense to all the knitters. <laughs> Let's move that mountain. Is that, when you've stepped out once, is that a sign that it's not for you? No, it's simply an invitation for you to move deeper into God and to unlock a greater anointing in your life. Now, look, look at with me in Sonica. Sonic, since Vian was born, our son, around eight years ago, she has had back pain. Major back pain for eight years. I've prayed for her a lot of times. If you know me by now, I sort of just keep going. And I pray for her, and it's like, okay, test, and like, nothing. I'm like, it can't be nothing. I pray for hundreds of people, and they get healed. What the heck is this? You know? Nothing, nothing, nothing. 
But in those times of nothing, I knew that every time I pray for Sonica, I'm opening a door for someone else to be healed. I'm unlocking another anointing. We probably have hundreds of people whose backs have been healed. And it's probably because I've, we've prayed so much for, for my wife. <laughs> so how are we going to respond to that? Are we going to be offended? No. Because Jesus heals. Every day we're one step closer to seeing my wife healed. And as I always say, even if you never get healed in this life, in eternity, if you are a believer, you will walk into heaven with a perfect body. We have an eternal hope. Amen. Let's say it. We have an eternal hope. So I was in at Shofar Port Elizabeth a while ago. I prayed for a lady. It was seven or eight people. Most of them were healed. But this one lady, she had exactly the same thing that Sonica has. When her child was born, she started to have serious back problems for about two to three years at that time. She couldn't get off the couch. Her husband had to pull her off the couch. She was in massive pain. So now she's standing in front of me, and she's just weeping, weeping, weeping. So wanting God to touch her. Pray for her. Pain levels was like 9 out of 10. It goes down to 4. Pray again, 0. And she was healed. Month later, I spoke to her, still healed. Jesus heals. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand for that. Come on. Lord, you heal. You are powerful. You are faithful. But again, we won't be offended. We are one day closer to Sonica's breakthrough. Let's say it. It's time for breakthrough. Let's say today is the day of breakthrough. Amen. Please stand with me. I want to pray for us before I share the rest. If you could maybe just open your hands. Attitude of receiving from the Lord. This, today I want to share about the presence of God. I want to share that healing flows from His presence. So I want to welcome His presence, His tangible presence here today. Father, we thank You. Jesus, only You heal. We can't even heal a small headache. Jesus, You are powerful. You are worthy. Lord, we pray that this day the name of Jesus will be glorified. We pray that this day people would see Christ Jesus, King of glory, and not man. So Lord, we commit this time into your hands. Lead us, guide us, pour out your goodness in this place. Presence of God, you are welcome. I pray, Lord, that you'd heal people even as I'm preaching. In the name of Jesus. Lord, right now we release your healing anointing in this house. Lord, touch every broken body, every hurting, wounded part of our hearts or our bodies. In Jesus' name. Lord, come and move the mountains in our minds. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, every doubt, every fear, every unbelief, every depression, every lie. Out. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's trust the Lord while, while I'm sharing the word. Just listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and allow Him to heal, to touch. So, last week I started speaking about the apostolic flow. This whole series is about the apostolic flow, that the kingdom of God would reign. So this diagram that I want to show you speaks about the fivefold ministry. The kingdom reign of God, the apostolic flow. When the kingdom of God comes, sickness and disease must go. Today I want to show you how the prophetic flow, the presence of God adds to the apostolic flow. 
So that same time we went to Argentina, I went with this word in my heart. I believe God showed me there are five rivers of life flowing from the throne of God. There's one river, but that one river is split into five rivers. And each one is around the specific fivefold ministry gift or anointing. So I went to our, we went to Argentina, and about a month before we arrived there, the pastor was in Brazil, and he said he was at a conference, and they were prophesying. Where they were, they, someone prayed over him and said, the Lord's going to pour out the fivefold ministry into your church a month before we arrived. Here we come. About three weeks before we arrived, the pastor's sister had a dream. In the dream, she saw five rivers flowing. Then the worship leader has a dream as well, about three weeks before we came and saw five rivers flowing. So then we arrive, not knowing anything. I have this word. I feel there's like five rivers flowing, five rivers of life. And they were like, Jesus is speaking to us. And as I said, that the, the, the ministry and this teaching transformed that church, that nothing was the same afterwards. Okay, so apostolic flow, kingdom reign, and uh, also if you look at the five flows together, they all add to the fullness of Christ. So this is our mission as a church, to have the five rivers flowing, and we're unblocking the apostolic flow over this series. I believe if all five flows together, you're going to have sustainable revival. Okay, say amen. Come on, so revival is coming in Jesus' name. The fullness of Christ, as Ephesians 4 speaks of. So also, at that time, just before we went to Argentina, I had a vision. It's like an impression in my mind's eye. We were praying for Argentina, and then I saw a well-known scene from the Bible. Jesus on the donkey, entering Jerusalem. Masses of people on the sides of the road, all cheering, celebrating Waving these palm branches. You know, you all know that scene, the entry, triumphant entry of Christ the King. But the only thing is, in this vision, I didn't see Jesus. I only saw the donkey. Just the donkey. Just the donkey going. Just the donkey walking. And I was like, Lord, what are you saying? What does this mean? And I felt the Lord say to me, this is my church. A lot of activity. But I'm not present. This is my church. A large percentage of the church of Jesus Christ had a lot of activity, even, even a band and worship team. But Jesus isn't present. And I realized that that speaks, that's for, for, for many of us as pastors, preachers, and, and as believers, you know, if the presence of God isn't tangibly resting upon our lives, it's, we're just like a donkey going for a walk. You can't do anything, nothing. You can't do nothing without the presence of God. I can't heal a headache. I've tried it with myself. I can't heal a headache. But when the presence of God is upon my life, when the presence of God is upon your life, all things become possible because the Bible says, for with God, all things become possible. And so you want we want to create an environment where God can be God. You know, like the worship this morning was amazing. You sense, you sense God drawing near. 
You sense the kingdom of God. You sense heaven coming to earth. You sense something is changing in the atmosphere. And it's not just because we're passionate. It's because there's, there's the drawing near of God's presence. So every believer is called to carry the presence of God upon our lives. And so I believe this is a word for the body of Christ. There's a massive shift that needs to come. Presence-focused. Presence-focused. And healing flows from the presence of God. Let's say it. Healing flows from the presence of God. That's why when we pray for people, you know, so often people pray for someone and they pray, nothing worked. Okay, not working. No. When you pray for someone, just wait. Wait for God's presence to come. Wait. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, come. And you wait until his presence becomes tangible. I've shared this before, but it started around three years ago, 2014. We were in India, and for the first time I experienced this long line of people, and my toes would begin to tingle with the presence of God. And when it tingle, they get healed. Eight or nine out of ten people would be getting healed. And I realized afterwards, what is this toe tingling thing? And I realized I am now toe deep in the Spirit. Just toe deep. They should be knee deep, waist deep, swimming. Two weeks from now, I will share more about that. But there's the sense of being aware of the presence of God because healing comes forth from God's presence. Healing flows forth from God's presence. So you and I, we're just donkeys without God. As Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, we must realize how wonderful we are in God and how helpless we are without Him. Complete Surrender, complete dependency. So think about this. That donkey that carried Jesus into Jerusalem. That was the donkey's biggest day of his life. It was the biggest day. The most greatest honor that little donkey could ever experience was to carry Christ the King into the city. Same way. Our greatest honor, your greatest honor, my greatest honor is to carry the presence of God upon our lives and to release that. Unto someone else. I prayed in this past week, prayed for someone battling with depression and massive turnaround just after prayer. God, I just release your presence. His presence. When His presence comes, everything that's contrary to God must go. Amen. So we need to start shifting, changing our lifestyle that we become presence centered, presence focused people. So in the small groups this week, we will continue with that theme about intimacy with God. So when Jesus walked the earth, what did he come to do? What did he represent? I believe Jesus represented. He, he revealed to us what it looks like to be completely surrendered to God. To completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do his miracles as God then why did he need the Holy Spirit to come upon him before he started to do those miracles? Jesus revealed to us, guys, this is possible if you would completely surrender yourself to his presence. If you would cut out rubbish out of your life, worldly things, you say, Lord, I am available for your presence. Then the fullness of God's presence will come. So Jesus also revealed to us what a child of God looks like, what ministry as a child of God looks like as a son or a daughter. So Jesus shows us, hey, this is how a son or a daughter of God would operate. 
He proclaims the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, heals the sick, and he sets people free. And then Jesus went to the cross to open the door for you and me, for many sons and daughters to follow in his footsteps. Why do we always say, you know, be like Jesus morally? But why don't we just do what Jesus does? I mean, if Jesus was here, what would he do? He would heal the sick. He would set people free from darkness on their souls. So Jesus went to the cross to open the way for many sons and daughters to follow. Jesus represented a perfect man. A man who lived a perfect life. And so all of the spirit could rest upon him. Okay, so now you can say, oh, oh, then I'm in trouble. Because I haven't lived a perfect life. Now this is the good news. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all our sin upon himself. When he died on that cross, he took all of your stuff, all of your sin from birth. He took it upon himself and he exchanged unto us his perfection. So when the father looks at you and me, he sees his son, Jesus, for we are in Christ. Amen. Let's say it. I am in Christ. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are in Christ. Your sin has been removed. You've received the righteousness of God. Your body, which is a house, a temple of the Holy Spirit, has now been washed by the blood of Jesus. And now the presence of God can come. The fullness of God can dwell on the inside of you. That is good news. So it is by faith in what Jesus did for us that we can have the fullness of his presence upon our lives. We have done nothing to earn it or to deserve it. It is by faith. Okay, so part of this series is about shifting our beliefs so that we can realize what is available to us. Completely surrendered. So look at this, John 14, verse 12. This, this speaks of what is possible. The, the removing of the lid, this offends so many unbelieving Christians. This verse offends them. Because they, they don't want to just read it as it is. Jesus speaking, he says, John 14, 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, say believe. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. Now come on, are we going to believe the Bible or not? Are we going to receive the word of God as truth or not? If Jesus says it, then it must be so. In other words, the challenge is, is to upgrade your faith. To move those internal mountains of bad theology, lack of experience, and especially bad experiences. To, to move those things. So say, this is for me. Let's say, this is for me. Jesus says, same works and greater works. How can you do the same works as Jesus? Well, if the same if, if the blood of Christ washes us clean and the same righteousness or perfection comes upon our lives, then the same Holy Spirit can come and rest upon us. And the same miracles can happen. But then Jesus says, and greater works. I love this. So we were in Brazil, epic meeting in the worship, and I felt God ask me this question. Would you like to know, how is it possible for you to do greater works than Jesus? And I'm like, that, that offends me. How can I do, how can we do better, greater works than Jesus? I mean, Jesus is, worship, is, is wonderful. Jesus is God. Jesus is, is, I mean, how can a man compare to the greatness of God? And then the Lord, and I said to the Lord, I want to know. Please tell me, tell me, I want to know. 
And I felt the Lord whisper this in my heart. The power of community. The power of community. And the Holy Spirit unpacked that for me over the next while. Think about this for a moment. Jesus was the only truly spirit-filled believer during the Gospels. His disciples were all shocking. He was, in a sense, on his own. He was alone in Gethsemane, praying on his own. He was, he was on his own, trying to pull these guys together. Now, in the book of Acts, we find a church community of thousands of people worshiping and praying day and night. Thousands of people filled with the Holy Spirit, and great grace was upon them all. The result? Greater miracles than Jesus. More miracles than Jesus. Even Peter's shadow healed the sick. Do you see it? So this is the power of community. This, this is why we are doing this series is so that every one of us can add our faith to creating an environment where God can move and taking Jesus outside of the four walls of the church. Amen. Community. Community. A church community powerfully united, one heart, one mind, loving one another. As in Acts, you have revival. Unstoppable revival. The kingdom of God comes. So I want to encourage you in terms of the fivefold ministry, the pastoral flow is that, is that anointing that unites believers, makes them one. God wants to do that again. He wants to do that again. So I want to give you an illustration with this bottle. Healing flows from the presence of God. Ellen, come help me, brother. Okay. So, this represents you. That represents God's unlimited flow of living waters. So, your physical body is this house. So, let's fill it up. Oh, okay, 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 that's good. How do we know when something is truly filled? Overflows. It overflows. That's how we know when something is truly filled. Many people say, I'm filled with the Spirit. Nonsense. I was in the ministry for 10 years thinking I was filled with the Spirit. I was not. <laughs> I was not. I didn't have, I have no idea. I had no frame of reference of what, what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And I'm still just discovering. There's more. So God wants you to be filled with the Spirit so that you can overflow. More, give me more, give me more, give me more. Whoops, whoops, whoops. He wants, he wants you to overflow. He wants, he wants the presence of God. Give me one more. Another shot. Yes. He wants us to overflow things. He wants us to overflow the presence of God. So you first need to become filled. That's why worship is so powerful. You know, you're not just worshiping God. You're getting filled as you worship Him. The water levels rise as we worship Him. So, so this is one of the big shifts that Sonic and I have made over the last five years or so, is becoming presence-centered. Less striving, less hard work, more like just abiding. Abiding in the vine so that the life can flow. That's what God wants to do. Okay, so this is the theme scripture of the series, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 30, that speaks about the hem of his garment. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. 
She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She heard about Jesus and she pressed in to get near and then she touched the hem of his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only. She had faith. She had faith. She had an expectation. If only I may touch Jesus, I will be healed. And then verse 29, immediately, say immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And they're like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. No, but someone touched me in a different way. This woman went through 12 years of hell. She's lost everything because of the sickness, because of this disease. She was desperate. Jesus, if I can just, if I can just, if I can just touch him, I will be healed. And then she touched the hem of his garment. And because Jesus was always overflowing the very presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, that, that the hem of his garment was soaked in presence, soaked in anointing, soaked in the healing power of Jesus, of God. And she was healed. You see, I said this last week, the kingdom is at hand. Let's stretch forth our hands for a moment. Come on. Jesus said, the kingdom is at hand. For this lady, the kingdom was at hand. She stretched forth, she had faith, and she stretched forth her hand, touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. And as I said last week, the kingdom is at hand for those who believe, but it's out of reach to those who don't. So work on your faith. Upgrade your faith. Upgrade your faith. We never tell someone you don't have enough faith, but it's an invitation to build up your faith. As I shared last week. So this woman goes through hell. And then she touches the hem of his garment. And she is healed. And somehow Jesus knows. Power went out of me. Something happened. Who touched me? Who touched me? Now think about this for a moment. This is so profound. You know, so often we think when it comes to the will of God. You know, I pray for someone. didn't happen. Oh, it's not the will of God. But think about this. Jesus didn't even know that she was there. Jesus didn't look at her. You know, sometimes we think God is looking at us saying, Mm-mm, it's not your day. Sorry, not your day. Nope, too much sin in your life. And there's too much issues over there. And just not feeling like it today. Eh? Just suffer a little bit. You know, <laughs> is that our loving God? No. This lady just came into contact with the very presence of God. And she was healed. This is profound. I shared this last week. The question, but can we know the will of God? Yes, we can. We look at Jesus. He healed everybody that came to him. There's not one person, because show me, not one person in the scriptures that came to Jesus and begged him and pressed in, heal me, that wasn't healed. Sometimes you have to press in, yes, but he healed them. Sometimes he was just led by the Spirit. So he would go to a certain place, and yes, he would only heal the one because the Holy Spirit led him to go heal the one. But there's not one place where someone was desperate for healing, calling out upon the name of Jesus, and they weren't healed. Amen. So the the blind man on the street would cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
What would Jesus do? Everybody say, shut up. But he would, the guys would scream, out, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus would stop and say, bring them. And then Jesus would heal them. Why? Because Jesus delights in pouring out mercy. He delights, God delights in pouring out mercy. If we could take the whole Indian Ocean, which represents God, passionate desire to, to pour out His goodness upon people, then if we lift up the whole Indian Ocean like high above us, that pressure, that pressure flowing into every crevice, wanting to break out, wanting to pour out into, onto the earth floods of life, floods of grace, floods of goodness, that is His heart. God can't contain Himself. He wants to. He delights in pouring out mercy. He delights in healing. He delights in giving compassion. But some of us think, doesn't feel like it. But we need to come with faith. We need to build up our confidence. We need to believe. He loves me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to heal you. Not only wants to, not only able to, he delights. I can just imagine the face of Jesus healing people, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> yes, awesome. Celebrating the lame man that gets up and dances and jumps around. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus wants to do it again. All of God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. All of God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Say yes. It's yes. His promises, I'm going to heal you. I am the Lord, your healer. This is my covenant name. This is who I am. I am the Lord who heals you. In Jesus, it's yours. In Jesus, it is ours. All of God's promises are yes and amen. In Jesus Christ, let's move those, those lies, those internal mountains that need to go. Now look at this, Mark chapter 6, verse 56, later in the same chapter. I love this. God, thank you for putting that in the scriptures. Look at this. This after the lady that was healed, that touched the hem of his garment. It says, wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. If that doesn't blow your theology, bad theology out of the water, I don't know what would. He didn't speak. He didn't say anything. He didn't even pray for them. He said, right, go ahead, touch. Come into contact with my presence. Come into contact with the, the flow of heaven. Just touch. Experience that Jesus was overflowing the atmosphere of heaven. And he's called us to overflow the atmosphere of heaven as well. I've seen this so many times. It's like when we pray for people, it's like, I am not here. I am standing in the presence of God, and it's amazing. And so, by the way, be healed. <laughs> by the way, let the river flow through me into you. Let it flow through us into someone. And then they get healed and healed and healed and set free and saved and alive. As heaven flows, as the, the river of life flows through us. Every believer is called to be a conduit for the presence of God. Everybody wants the power of God, but few people are willing to pay the price. It's costing me. It's costing us. 
I don't watch rubbish. I don't, I don't defile my heart and mind with nonsense. I am ruthless when it comes to sin or anything that's worldly. I'm ruthless because I want heaven to reign. I don't want the world to reign. So that is the challenge. Let God reign in you. Be ruthless if you want to see the glory of God. But everyone was healed. They begged him, Lord, may we just encounter, may we just touch the hem of your garment. So what if we could create an environment in our lives where the presence of God rests upon us and flows to healing, to heal people? As many as touched him were made well. So the mountain we're wanting to move is you prayed for someone, nothing happened. So it's a sign that this isn't for you. Knitting is for you. That's a lie. You prayed for someone, nothing happened. Press in for more. Draw closer to God. Cut out more rubbish out of your life. Get into the word of God. Worship Jesus. Get into his presence. Let life flow through you. That's the invitation. And that's when our walk with God becomes next level. So how do you manage this process? This is just one of the best ways I've seen. You have your expectation and then you have your experience. Your expectation is Jesus heals. Your experience is not that often. So your, your, your experience is over here. Your expectation is there. And we all say, ah, oh, Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Yeah, I don't think so. And we back away. So how should you do this? You must hold your expectation. You must continuously build up your faith with the promises of God. My God heals. I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Like with me and Sonica and her back scenario, it's it's like Jesus heals. I know he heals. I know he heals. And as you keep on stepping out, keep on stepping out, keep on getting into the presence of God, keep on stepping out, your experience catches up to your expectation. Amen. So you need to keep your expectation up there through the word of God. But if you allow your mind to be filled with nonsense and rubbish and worldly nonsense, you're not going to have faith. It's just going to wane. It's going to disappear. So that's the challenge. You know, when people don't get healed, I am not upset in the sense like my life's going to fall apart. I'm upset because I know Jesus, Jesus is your will to heal. But I know every time I'm praying for people, I'm unlocking a next anointing, a next level anointing, next level grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So we prayed for people in the past. I think the first lady we prayed for in a hospital somewhere, her name is Sesetu. Young girl, teenage girl, that her whole leg was swollen like, like a rugby ball because of the cancer in her leg. Prayed for her, Nothing. Felt some improvement in the end. She died. Just before we went to India, the team was so upset. But I knew the next one will be healed. Or the next one will be healed. Or the next one will be healed. And like in, we were in Brazil um, in the, the December 2015, and there was this guy called Marcelo, a police officer. He's had a hectic life. Not a believer. He's, one of the pastors was, was sharing with his hairdresser of the miracles that's happening in our meetings. And so they brought Marcelo. He had pancreatic cancer. His whole his skin was yellow. Um, he's been to the doctors. They've 
You know, he's got pancreatic cancer. So now we're praying for him, releasing healing over his life. And he suddenly felt better, and he was walking up and down. I feel better, and the Lord gave us words that he's going to testify of the goodness of God. He's going to testify of how God has healed him. And I'm like, I hope he doesn't die. I hope he doesn't die. (laughs) But we felt the Lord say. And so about a month later, he went to the doctors. They did five biopsies. They couldn't find a trace of cancer in his pancreas. And the, praise God. Jesus heals. And, and, and he, their words was the doctors couldn't believe it. I like that. I want to confound the doctors, all the doctors in the house. I want to confound you. I want to freak you out. <laughs> That's how God wants to operate. Signs that make you wonder. <laughs> Signs that make you wonder. So Jesus heals cancer. And sometimes you need to go through those times where it didn't work so you can get to the one that it does work. And Jesus be glorified. So don't let your life fall apart when it doesn't work. So now you might say, you know, but that's Jesus overflowing, you know. That's not, that's not us. It won't work for other people. But look at this. Acts chapter 19. The life of the apostle Paul. Unusual miracles. Now God worked Unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. The anointing dripped from Paul's life, so that even cloth connected to his body. I mean, that freaks out your theology. It's in the Bible for all the Bible believing people in the house. It's in the Bible. That's how God operates in the book of Acts. That's how he still wants to operate. He wants to heal. But imagine that, just a cloth from someone's body who's dripping with the anointing, overflowing the anointing, and you just throw it upon the sick person. There. Healed. That's weird. I know it's weird. But again, it reveals the power of God's presence that reveals that it's always God's will to heal. Until... Their days are fulfilled. Until their days are fulfilled. That's the promise you you can stand upon. You can boldly come before God and say, Lord, as long as my destiny is not fulfilled, in the name of Jesus, I claim healing. Until it's my time to go home, I can boldly come before God and say, Lord, nothing will stop me. Nothing can come against me in Jesus' name because I will fulfill my destiny. So, Lord, I stand upon your promise, healed in Jesus' name. Let's say it, healed. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can boldly receive the truth. Now, John G. Lake was a a man that God used powerfully. 100,000 people physically healed, documented physical healings in five years. And he was here in Johannesburg as a missionary beginning 1900s, 1905, 6, 7. There was a plague here breaking out in South Africa. And he was working in those plague areas. And the other doctors couldn't, couldn't figure out what's going on because he's not getting sick. And he's not even wearing protection, etc. Like a mask or something. At the height of this horrible plague, a doctor sent for Lake and asked him, What have you been doing to protect yourself? You must have a secret. To this, Lake responded, Brother, it is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe 
that just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, no germ will ever attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. I like it. It's bold, but I like it. <laughs> Same with Paul. He was bitten by a snake on the Isle of, of Malta. And everyone was waiting for him to die. And he just shook it off into the fire and, and, and nothing because the poison couldn't touch him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I know there can be a few weird, weird doctrines around that one. But um, point being, if you are connected to God, God's life, then life will flow through us and sickness and disease can no longer affect us until our days are fulfilled. That gives me so much confidence. Healing flows from the presence of God. When you have the presence of God in your life, you have everything. If you don't have the presence of God, you have nothing. Your, your life will be powerless. Your prayers will be powerless. You won't have real impact unless God's presence is upon you and with you. So you must pursue that. So we had this, just ending off with this, but we had a wonderful meeting in Argentina the one time. So I was, it was Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon, I was praying before the time. And as I was praying, I saw a picture or a vision of an angel standing behind me on stage that night. And I just knew, God, this is going to be an amazing meeting. I think it was one of the most powerful meetings we've ever had. So that evening, we at this service, about 150 people and a lot of visitors, a lot of people that don't know God there. And before we started to preach, or I started to share the message, these pastors were on their knees, touching our feet, celebrating us, honoring us. That we celebrate, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. It was amazing. It was like, you know, if I had 50% anointing on my life, because of their honor, it like tripled to 200%. Because they were like, we receive the gift of God. We receive the men of God from South Africa, the people of God from South Africa in Jesus' name. You just feel like the things were changing. You see, so dishonor neg negates the anointing. Honor amplifies the presence and the power of God. So anyway, so we're in this meeting. At the end of the meeting, the Lord starts giving me words of knowledge of specific things he wants to heal, like ears and necks and heads and things like that. And God just breaks out in the place. So I'm like, okay, I'm not sure. Okay, if you feel, I'm praying for the stuff, but, but 50, 60, 70 people come forward. Well, we're just praying from the this, from this stage and just releasing healing. And I say, okay, I test your bodies. If you feel better, raise your hand. And the hands start going up all over the place. I'm like, uh, they're not even understanding me. <clears throat> so I'm a little bit afraid. <laughs> Is this actually working? Then the mom of the senior pastor she is 76 years old. She was beaten by her dad when she was younger than 10. She was beaten so badly that she lost all her hearing in the one ear and like 90% in the other ear. She's had, been on, she's had a hearing aid for 30 years. She's standing there. I have a word about God hearing ear, healing ears. At some point, she takes off the hearing aid and starts shouting, I can hear. Man, that meeting exploded. Because they know her. This is not a planted person for all the skeptics. <laughs> Plant the person. The real deal, it's like the power of God floods that place. People are healed on the balcony in Jesus' name again. And, and the one lady, cancer, disappeared off her body. And, and people were coming to Christ. And just amazing. But the presence of God was so tangible. 
so powerful. Presence. But again, they create an environment. We're going to receive these people with faith. That's why I say sometimes the hardest place to preach in the world is your own church. (laughs) Because they think they know you. (laughs) But that lady was healed. Two days later, she heard the rain for the first time in 50 years. That blesses me. That so blesses me. So now what? How do we take this forward? I want to encourage you to join a small group so you can go deeper. I encourage you to get my book, Increasing Heaven's Flow, to upgrade your thinking. Uh, I think I shared about Ch- at Chauffeur Durbanville, they started to read my book, the one lady, one of the staff members, uh, that I think she was on day three or four, and already three people were healed. Praise God. God is wanting to move. So last thing that I want to pray for. This is the power of impartation. How do you move forward into the healing ministry? How do you move forward into seeing breakthrough? It's called impartation. Say impartation. It's a shortcut in the kingdom of God. Instead of having to go through hell yourself, like Sonic and I did, you can get a shortcut by receiving the the grace that is on my life or on this house upon your life. So we were uh, at Manaus, a city in the Amazon jungle on the Amazon River. And at that city, they, they call it the meeting of the rivers. The Amazon River, the biggest river in the world, is actually half the size just before that city. At that city, the two branches come together. Massive. We went on a boat there. Amazing. To see, and I was seeing the power of impartation. There you have your one river. Now you add the other river, and you have the biggest river on the planet. Impartation. Impartation. The power of, you have a certain measure of the presence of God in your life, and now through impartation, it is added to your life so that you can have more. Look at this verse in Numbers eleven twenty-five. Ending off with this. This is Moses And God taking the spirit that was upon Moses and duplicating it onto 70 others. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took off the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. The same spirit upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied. Isn't that amazing? The Lord takes the spirit on Moses duplicates into 70 others, and then they supernaturally prophesied. If you look at Elijah and Elisha, Elisha somehow knew when Elijah goes to heaven, I'm getting his anointing. But I don't want his anointing. I want double his anointing. How arrogant can you be? And he got it. In other words, you can receive more than what I have on my life through faith. And obviously there's a measure of grace of God. God in the end determines how much he gives each person. So do you want more? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Next week, we're going to look at obstacles to healing, things that could block healing.